The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. John Paz, and with me as always is the star of the show, former WWE Tag Team Champion, eight-time Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Champion, as well as one of the greatest trainers in the history of professional wrestling. He is the Doctor of Desire, Tom Pritchard. Tom, how are you today? Doing great today, and again, as usual, from Knoxville, Tennessee, I don't know how you can be anything but great, coming from the uh, volunteer state. Definitely, that's uh, for sure. Now, I know uh, I briefly mentioned this to you real quickly, kind of before, seeing if you saw what I saw with uh, AEW, and it was kind of just an interesting thing. I felt like it was like the uh, the talk of the town, really. <laughs> so many people were, were talking about this thing. Did you see the AEW when Jericho and MJF did their little uh, me and my shadow routine? I, I actually did. I saw the uh, just the... Uh, segment. I didn't see the whole show, uh, but I did see the segment because you're right. Everybody seemed to be talking about it, and uh, I watched it. And uh, you know, I got to tell you, I, I, the first thing that came to my mind um, wasn't oh, this is terrible. wasn't uh, how bad it was. Um, not at all. In fact. You know, my gut feeling told me this really isn't that bad. But what what immediately two things came to mind. The first thing was a YouTube clip, and I don't know how old it is, but by Max Landis uh, about wrestling isn't wrestling. Have you ever seen it? No. Nope. Okay. It's it's a it's a clip. And the title of it, you go to YouTube by Max Landis. It, it, it's titled "Wrestling Isn't Wrestling," and it it goes down. It, I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought thought the way it's put together and 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 the stories told. It it's uh, it's a story of Triple H. He's and and uh, uh, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but I will. Uh, it's the story of Triple H and Shawn Michaels being best friends as told using female characters, and it's a spoof, and it's a parody, and it's hilarious as hell. And it's true to a fault. And I thought immediately, well, okay, wrestling isn't wrestling today. It's not. It, it, it's, um, as JR and my good friend Jim Cornette like to say, that horse has left the barn. But the other thing that really kind of stuck in my mind uh, was not too long ago uh, a clip, like a 30 minute clip from Friday Night in the Coliseum came out on YouTube. It was released a little short. And Jeff Winningham, who also took pictures for the for the 1972 or early 70s book Friday Night in the Coliseum is interviewing my mentor, Paul Bosch. And Paul is at his office, his old office, at 2022 San Jacinto at the corner of Gray. And Jeff is interviewing him and asking questions about uh, the business back then in 1972. And Paul said, uh, paraphrasing here, that, um, you know, people say wrestling's not like it was when I was a kid. 
And, uh, you know, a lot of things aren't like it was when I was a boy, you were a boy. I mean, things change, and we have to we have to change. And um, for as traditional a, a promoter as Paul Bosch was, um, he was a gimmick guy. He was broke into the business by Jack Pfeffer. And uh, I, you know, thought on one hand, what would Paul think about this? And he might cringe. At the same time, if it did ratings or buy rates or or if it attracted viewers, he might embrace it. Uh, is it my cup of tea? No. But I, I have enough things in life to get upset about other than Chris Jericho and MJF dancing to me in my shadow. Um, I still believe in the basics and fundamentals of professional wrestling. <sighs> I don't know how you put the genie back in the bottle. I don't. Uh, I know there were some very upset people. And once again, if people that I respect immensely and have great admiration for uh, and and think the world of or are highly upset about it. Um, well, you know, there. What are you going to do about it? Um, we are in unprecedented times in everything. This is. This is bizarro land every day I wake up, and um, why should wrestling be any different? Uh, why should wrestling be any more uh, simple than everything else? Let's let's just muck it up, confuse it, and and see how much we we can we can put it in a blender and and see what comes out. I I wasn't quite sure what to think about it. Once again, it's not my cup of tea, but I'm I'm not in that demo. And and once again, watching wrestling, I'm not watching wrestling <clears throat> these days uh, for the same reason I watched it as a fan and growing up. So once again, things changed, fans changed, the 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 sports changed. Uh, you know, football. Um, Tries to tries to implement new new rules at times. Baseball will move the fence back or in, however they need to do it to get more home runs. You know they they bought the uh, the company that makes the baseballs. So, um, what 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 I thought about it? Uh, I, I thought it could have been worse. But my goodness. Um, it sure wasn't Jack Briscoe. I don't think you see Briscoe Funk, you know, doing a doing a dance routine. But once again, it was a different world, a different time, a different age, and I don't know uh, what they were going after, looking to accomplish in, in this sense. Except the only thing they have to, to look for, I think, is a buy rate or or viewers or or the numbers, and that's it. Because there's no live events to to gauge it. And all they're trying to do, I guess, is give them entertainment. And um, you know, we said we said Snooker was crazy for for coming off that top rope. I remember that. I remember a lot of people would say, "Boy, he's going to kill himself one day doing that spectacular dive off the top rope." And then when he came off the cage, oh my God, he he set a precedent there, and we don't want anybody trying that. Well, hell, you know, we've come so far in the business. Um, and we've, we've come so far, not just in this country, but all over the world, places everywhere are just, um, whatever, whatever direction they're turning and moving towards it, it's, <sighs> it's not going to stay the same. And, um, I, like I said, I, when I saw it, my initial, reaction was wrestling isn't wrestling by max landis youtube it's it's hilarious and then uh paul bosch saying uh you know things aren't the same when i was a boy either well no they're not sir and i don't know how if we'll ever get back to that it's kind of like how how long are we all going to be wearing masks how long are are all these things going to be happening with with what we've got going on in the world today so i mean man it, it's um 
I'm not I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. How about that? Let me leave it there. Le Dinner Debonair, I guess it was called, and AEW promised and they stressed that they would be more sports based, but they went with kind of the the <laughs> yeah. the, the, the jokey thing uh, there. Uh, I just laugh at that. It's like what happened to the sports based stuff? Uh, Jericho, well, you know, has car blanches, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, real quick. Um, you know, I heard that too when they first started, and and that that made me laugh when when they had Orange Cassidy and Marco and and those mm-hmm. guys, you know, in yep. the Bucks. I mean, when you say it's going to be more sports based and you're going to have it more um, with stats and things like this, I think that's what Ring of Honor is going for right now with the pure wrestling thing. But but once again, you know, let's 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 look at this realistically. You you have so many options to choose from these days. You you can see a UFC fight. You can see guys actually fight. I mean, a real fight. And professional wrestling has been exposed. Not it's, It wasn't Vince. Man, this was exposed even back in the 1800s and, and, and prior to that, I'm sure. Uh, so, you know, when you say it's going to be more sports-based, and then you look at the crew they have, um, anybody with any realistic uh, point of view or idea knew that was uh, bluster and bullshit. So, uh, you know, they, they, we can say whatever we want. You know, words, I, I don't trust words because people can say anything, but actions tell you everything. And I, I, they, they've, They've said a lot of stuff, and but yet it's what they've done is said completely the opposite. So, look, if it works, it works. Their promoters and, and obviously businessmen are, are in in business to make money and, and succeed. If it works, the proof will be in the pudding. If it doesn't, then it, that'll be in the proof in the pudding too. So, um, I, I, you know, nobody's nobody's banging on my door to come help them with their wrestling company. And not that I could, not that I would, not that I should. Uh, but they that's their vision, that's their idea. And and a guy like Jericho and a guy like MGF, MG, MJF, who are talented and, and understand um, the criticism that was going to come with it, they knew, man, they... They, I'm sure they said, "Oh my God, can we? We can hardly wait to read the comments on this." And and I'm sure Chris, with the confidence and uh, uh, bravado that he has, he believes that it was the right thing to do, and and it believes that at least if you're getting people talking, you know they're talking. So uh, it ain't what I'd certainly suggest, and it's certainly not anything that I would uh, spend the night trying to watch on the internet or TV, but at the same time, there obviously are a few people who who are going to watch it and uh, like it, and there's going to be the split decision here. You know, some are going to love it, some are going to hate it. I don't know if you can be in the middle on it, although I just don't uh, it's not it's not what I would want to diet of or steady diet or even have one meal with it. But at the same time, um, they they're doing it their way and they're trying to take it uh, uh, to to uncharted islands, I guess, and and try this kind of stuff. And you know, WWE with the Firefly Funhouse and the cinematic stuff and all that stuff, man, we're, we're they're not alone. And we're never going to go back to the days of uh, uh, the Rock and Roll Express versus Ole and Arn Anderson. I say that for a reason, real quick. Uh, I, I, I had I put that tag team match on for a couple guys this past week, and um, because they they never they never seen it, they never took wrestling seriously, and they've been wrestling eleven years. And uh, I was on a show with them one time, and they they made a huge error, brutal mistake, and I blistered them backstage, and they didn't understand why. Then they went somewhere else and um, were kind of floundering. You couldn't understand why they were floundering, couldn't understand what the deal was. And 
and then they finally broke away and came back and and had a heart to heart with me and by gosh we really want to know this and we really want to get better and we really want to get signed and uh, what do we have to do? Well, have you ever approached it like it was a shoot or like it was real? No, never did. Well, there's number one. You're coming from that premise. You're coming from the premise of this is all phony, this is all fake, it's all bullshit. Well, when you watch Jericho and MJF, no reason, no, 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 no wonder uh, you thought that. And when you watch some of the other stuff through the years, no wonder. I get it. So. It's the education of the wrestling fan, the education of the casual fan. You know, why Why was it that uh, the Attitude Era prospered after Vince had already exposed it, not only with the Brett thing, but, you know, he came on TV and said, hey, this is entertainment, and he did it for, for monetary reasons. That's why, again, anybody in business is, isn't trying to lose money. They want to make money. So Vince obviously took a risk and thought that was a better way to go about things. And, and it skyrocketed business skyrocketed, but, but you're not, when people, uh, you know, talk about those examples, they're not, they're not looking at who was, who was the talent? What was the talent? Who did they have? Uh, on the show, they they had guys who understood and who came from the premise of uh, think, shoot, but work. You had Austin, you had Rock, you had Mick, you had Hunter, you had Shawn Michaels. You you had a bunch of guys who respected the business still, respected their work rate and their work ethic, and went out there and worked hard every single night. Kurt Angle and Steve Austin had the duet with the the cowboy hats on and all those other things. But the fact is they did it and and they were also able to back it up in the ring. MJF can back it up in the ring. Uh, Jericho can back it up in the ring. But uh, when you surround yourself with um, an, an array of uh, hokiness and, and the... I don't even know how to describe it tonight, man. I tell you, it, it's it's you you're not Stone Cold and Kurt Angle, and and while Chris Jericho is a talented guy, I've always thought he was talented, always thought he was creative, and MJF is one of the the young upcoming superstars of the future. Um, it it's not ringing true the same way Kurt Angle and Stone Cold did, so. Uh, there's a lot of elements that 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 this this uh, vignette skit, whatever you want to call it, musical number had that um, wasn't resonating with some of the older school guys. I guess. I mean, uh, no, I know. I wouldn't guess. I know it didn't resonate with a lot of old school guys, and for the reason is, you know, we we can hope and reminisce and romanticize about the old days uh, where you could go out and really tell a story. And even though people might have thought it was a work and some knew it was a work, it was entertaining in a different way. It was uh, compelling in a different way. It was compelling be- because they told stories that were compelling. They walked to the ring uh, with a purpose and from the premise of, um, this is this is professional wrestling, not sports entertainment. So, long story longer. Uh, it's it's tough to it's tough to get for me. It's tough to get mad about something like this anymore. It really is. It's it's almost like uh, you know it, it it started getting ridiculous a long, long time ago, and this isn't the first stop at that station. <laughs> I've been doing this for a while. And if and look, look, I agree. You know, you do, are you just that shameless that you're going to go take a payoff and, and, and deal with it? Yeah. Yeah, I think at this juncture, at this point, if you don't, there is there's somebody else that will. And I I don't know what the solution is. I really don't. I still believe, um, you know, you can't just start out and go into a 
Jericho MJF role. Um, but but you can work your way up to whatever role it is, whatever vision the company has. If if you're working for that company, you need to uh, fulfill that vision as best you can. And real quick, Rip Rogers used to say it all the time, and I respect Rip as a, as a coach and trainer. Uh, he used to say, you know, I'm going to show you the basics. I'm going to show you how – uh, to do everything you need to do when you're calling a match out there. And, and if you stick to the basics and the fundamentals, you'll be okay and you can have a decent match. But if you get to a company that wants to pay you 250 a year and uh, they ask you to wear a tutu or, or a tuxedo and do a musical number, by God, wear that tutu or the tuxedo. Excuse me. And do that musical number. Learn how to sing and dance. If they want you to sing and dance, and they're going to pay you a lot of money to do it. Is it a sellout? Okay. But I don't think Chris is worried about being called a sellout when he's sitting in his beautiful home in Florida somewhere and uh, not having to take a bump that night. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not as upset as some people. I'm I'm certainly not... uh, Again, I'm not. It's it's not what I would definitely want to watch. But but that's how I feel about it. I was kind of when I saw it, and I probably this is probably the worst reaction for a wrestling fan. I didn't like it, and I didn't hate it. I like was like, yeah, it was okay. So that's probably like the worst reaction because I kind of didn't have a reaction. I was like, eh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think that's yeah. bad for for a wrestling fan not to have a reaction, whether it's good or bad. So I, I, that's why I think it didn't succeed or what it wanted to do. So then I was like, hey, if I'm like that, I mean, not having any sort of reaction to it, I don't know if it got over that well. Well, let me ask you, is are is AEW really going after wrestling fans anymore, or, or were they ever? Or are they just trying to go over, uh, get over with the Hot Topics kids and, and kids who who are looking for cool stuff. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't know what the cool stuff is these days, obviously. And and they're not going out. Well, I will say one thing that is obvious. They're not going after old school wrestling fans, although that it's kind of a contrast when you have a Cody Rhodes cutting a promo, you have Dustin and Cody having matches. So I'm I'm a little perplexed in what, in what they think their audience is or what they're wanting their audience to be, um, and if that really is a difference there, I don't know. Uh, I I you know I I I thought about it last week too when we were talking about the other uh, ridiculous event that that I thought was ridiculous for other reasons, but. Um, there are some people who absolutely thought it was perfect and fine and okay. So that's that's really the culture we're living in, and that's the culture we're we're, we're facing. And and uh, uh, whether it's diversity in the streets or diversity at the wrestling arena, you know. They're getting people to talk, and they're getting people to feel strongly about it one way or another, and they are taking a risk, and they are um, uh, accepting the fact that they're – and Jericho especially, certainly he's taking a risk. And and one of the things that um, – you know, the positive thing I will take away from it, I read that uh, J- MJF saw Rocket Man, the movie about Elton John, and uh, – and that's where he got the idea to uh, uh, to, to come up with something out of the box. Yeah, yeah, and and you know it's like, oh man, I'm trying to. There we go. Uh, I'm sorry, I had some things beeping right here with me. Yeah, think out of the box, and 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 you know, for the song number, he wanted to do something else, and Chris came up with a, me and my shadow. Look, you know, I can't believe we were saying this, but but my God, you know, I don't know what to think. I, I this this whole 2020 has just uh, thrown thrown everybody for a loop. And I don't know how it's going to come in the back end because when I'm trying to tell somebody 
how to take a proper bump and how to take a headlock over where you don't hurt yourself. And then they see Chris Jericho and MJF dancing and being smarmy on a promo together. Um, how how do I justify saying, yeah, but there's more to it than that? Because that's really that element of wrestling and that part of the show business uh, aspect is what hooks a lot of people. You know, a lot of people got into wrestling and wanted to do wrestling because of the Ultimate Warrior. And he certainly wasn't a, a technical whiz by any stretch of the imagination. I've never heard one person say, man, what a headlock that John Cena put on tonight. Or great reversal from a hammerlock. You know, I never, I've never heard him say that leaving the arena. But what they have to remember is it's because Cena had a foundation and, and knew the basics that he could build on that and, and become as great as he was. And it only takes, uh, you know, it takes somebody understanding that and being a student of the game and wanting to get better and wanting to be uh, great to, to grab hold of that logic that, you know, without a good, without a solid foundation, you can't build, it'll crumble. And the warrior, uh, was trained by Rick Bassman and Tom Howard out in LA. And, uh, he got, he got some schooling in Tennessee when, when he and Sting first started, I was there when the warrior and Sting were first, uh, there was their first territory and they stunk on ice. Uh, so, you know, but, but they made money and, and they were, uh, the top performers in the business simultaneously. And so who's to say who's right and wrong? What is the object of professional wrestling? It's to make the most money. And uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know who's who's right and who's wrong. Um, I think it's just a matter of taste. And is it fish or fowl, though, these days? I mean, it's, once again... Nobody understands because nobody saw the wrestling of the 70s and 80s. And those who did are my age and older. Uh, and, and we appreciated it because we were looking at it from a whole different set of eyes. And we didn't have everything available to us that this generation and this world does. These days, in the 70s, we didn't have cell phones. In the 60s, we didn't have cell phones, didn't have computers. Uh, so... The adventures at the wrestling matches every week is, is what we look forward to. And the guys knew that. And they knew how to be compelling, and they knew how to be those guys. It was a little easier back then to do that because it wasn't so exposed. It, it has always been exposed, but, I mean, the guys weren't exposed as they are now. The guy didn't have two different personas, one at the arena and one away from the arena. No, they were the guys. When, when you saw them on the street or you saw them in the store, uh, they they portrayed who they were on TV, and gosh, I don't know. You know, maybe it sounds stupid now, and maybe it sounds stupid to a lot of a lot of kids today uh, because they've never seen it. They don't know it. They can't feel it. They can't taste it. They can't smell it. They don't know what it's like to walk into the arena with just the the ring lights on, the smoke covering over the ring, and all that stuff. And yes, 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 yes. I romanticize about it a lot because it was really great back then when it was great. And there was some hokey stuff back then, too. There was some terrible stuff at the same time. So, I don't know, man. Uh, going back to Jericho and MJF, uh, if they're making a lot of money and they're enjoying themselves and, and, again, nobody gets hurt or killed along the way, by all means. But, 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 if I may, please... Speaking of nobody getting killed, uh, who was the kid that Private Party fell on and knocked him out? With Butcher and Blade, Private Party, and the guy that took the leg drop. Alex Reynolds from the Dark Order. My God, man. Holy Christ. Uh, talk about unsafe. Talk about unprofessional. That That's what bothered me more than Jericho and uh, MJF. You know, just, just, oh, my God, man. How can you not know the guy's hurt? How? Why didn't you ask him? Why did you guys keep going at that pace? Did you not say, are you okay? And when he doesn't respond, 
automatically triggers something in you like maybe he's not. You know, something bad, really bad could have happened there. And that that was more offensive to me than than anything uh, MJF or, or Jericho did. Yeah, I guess if you think about it, if we're talking about MJF and Jericho, they're doing the you know the what they're supposed to be doing to get people talking and and maybe even getting them to watch the YouTube clip, which I think is at over four hundred thousand views. So maybe in in a way that's right. But you're right, the completely wrong thing, the most offensive thing maybe of the day was Alex Reynolds just got completely <laughs> completely knocked out. I mean, totally not. It's so obvious to everyone at home. And I don't know how the wrestlers, the referee, uh, the the, uh, the doctor sitting literally right there. How did nobody pick up on that? Yeah, I don't know. That that's that that was the other thing. I looked at the referee; he was oblivious. And how does that not play into what's important or not? You know, I mean that that is a huge thing. You guy gets knocked out, and they're doing all this stuff, and nobody stops. Nobody. Uh, all all the other guy did was pull him over to his corner, make the tag, and come in, and they continue on. And and my God, you know. That's that's the kind of stuff that really bothers me a whole lot more than the uh, than the comedy stuff because you know if they want to do the comedy and they want to get all the other crap down and nobody's paying attention and nobody's uh, taking their time or being careful and uh, being safe. So and I like private party. I think they're talented. I really really do. But they're young and they're green and they're obviously. Uh, haphazard in a lot of the things they do, and yeah, it, it could have been a real bad deal. He could have got hurt really, really, really bad, and you know, he, but he got hurt really bad, and that's that's still not good. No matter how you look at it. Yeah, I like in that situation, the ref, right? He should be the one that's on top yes. of it, making sure the guy is okay first, right? Even before the boys, the ref should be on top of that. No. Well, well, now wait a minute. I think they made a cover. Uh, or did they make it? No, yeah, they made a cover, and the Bucks came in and busted it up. Uh, and the referee doesn't do anything either. The the Neither one of the guys who covered him, obviously, they didn't ask, hey, are you okay? The other guy just, Butcher and Blade was, was the other team. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys, either Butcher or Blade, don't know who's who, pulled him over to the corner, they made the tag, and left him there. And, and they're just working around him, and the referee's not checking on him, nobody's checking on him, he's... Uh, how do you know he's not choking? How do you know he's not his windpipe's not crushed? How do you know you didn't? Because nobody asked, nobody checked, and and so yeah, the referee should have at least made a call. Made a, made a, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the match, and I get it. But number one, safety, take care of your opponent, and the referee should know that too. Uh, you know, and and if something's wrong, take care of it. Get the guy out of the ring. Call for the X. Put something up. Let him know he's hurt. And if nobody in the back uh, could see he was hurt, then they have issues there too. Whoever's working gorilla or who's ever on the headset, and if the referee has an earpiece, I'm sure he does. Uh, you need people who are alert, watching what's going on, to making sure you don't have a uh, a tragedy in the ring. And because we just saw, my God. Uh, the kid from Mexico took a kick, went down. Thank God it was a singles match. Died of a heart attack or a stroke two weeks ago. Who was yep. the kid from Mexico? Yeah, uh, Principe del... Oh, forget his yeah, name. I, yeah, I don't know yeah. how to pronounce it. But but I saw that, that clip too, and I'm thinking, it, it's dangerous enough doing simple things. It's dangerous enough when you got it down, but when you're rushing with really green guys who are really rushing, not even thinking, I mean, just doing the moves to do the moves because they can do cool stuff, That that's a recipe for disaster. I mean, it really is. And for as many vets, and I'm not going to put the heat on these guys. I won't put it at their feet. But there's a lot of people who know uh, what they should be looking at and, and what should be happening on screen, and if and if it's not going the way it's supposed to be going, then somebody's hurt, and somebody needs to be checked on. And whoever responsibility it is to make sure that everybody's okay, um, need to make sure everybody's okay. <laughs> and that 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 could have been a real bad deal. 
it's just insane that he literally gets dragged. He's still knocked out. You could tell um, he's completely, completely knocked out, and nobody does anything. The ref, uh, the doctor at ringside, nobody bring him into the ref to tell him. Then a few minutes later, they stand him up, and they, they kick him in the head, and they do a bunch of spots so while he's still loopy. Right. That, that's what I'm saying. He could have had a brain aneurysm. He could have got something knocked loose in his head. He could have broken his nose or his jaw or whatever it may be. And uh, then you're going back to kicking him in the head again. You're going back to these moves, and you have no idea. So that's that's careless uh, at, at on the very end of the spectrum and just ridiculously stupid and unprofessional on the other end. Um, you know, we all want to do well. We all want to look good on TV. Nobody wants to be called a pussy, and you're not tough, and you can't take it. But, man, this is tough enough as it is without getting your head rattled, and concussions are a real deal. Uh, people are working hard. The, the ring can be extremely unforgiving at times. Um, not not all rings are, are the same, uh, and I'm sure that... You know, again, I'm sure nobody meant any harm, but uh, the, the, just the, the lack of the lack of uh, looking as though you even gave a shit was 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 terrible. And you're right. As soon as they got done with it, uh, got done with the spot tagged and just went ahead on like like everything's cool nobody asked him if he's okay or not and why should they right it's all it's all about the match well you know just think if if it would have been if so, if something terrible would have happened how bad would those guys have looked besides as bad as they look now but how worse could it have been a lot worse and uh yeah, the referees should have been admonished, they, they, and, and they should at least have some kind of uh, plan in place when something like that happens. And obviously they didn't. So, I mean, it happened, mistake, accident. Thank God it wasn't any worse, I guess. And it just shows you Tony Khan, who is working the gorilla, he's talking about how he's in charge and he's running this. shows you how green and inexperienced he is as a boss. Well, yeah, but Tony Khan, you know, I, I don't know the guy. I really don't know a whole lot about him. But, you know, Tony obviously is uh, is in it uh, for his thrills and for his his enjoyment and, and more power to him. But you're right. If he's a boss, uh, if he's doing gorilla, then then it's up to him. But he doesn't know. See, he, he doesn't even know. And if it wasn't him uh, who's in charge, if it wasn't him, then it need to have somebody say, hey, look. Tell the referee to check on this guy because that wasn't what was supposed to happen. Even if they made the save, you can see he's not moving. And I could see that. And I played it back a couple times to look, and I thought, oh, my God. You know how, how, like, the hands come by the side when you're knocked out? And this guy's hands came up like he was knocked out. Mm -hmm. yep. um, yeah. And, and And how can you not think, well, that, that looks like he might have landed on his head. So... Uh, yeah, we could talk all night long about Jericho and, and, and MJF being offensive to the business, but I think uh, landing on somebody's head is more offensive and, and uh, ridiculous than that because you're giving, you're giving yourself to the other guy. You're giving your body to your opponent. And um, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't want to roast those guys too bad, but, but they have to know. They, they can't be rushing. They've got to take their time. And I don't know what kind of structure they have there. I really don't. I know the guys, some of the guys who were there, and I know what they think, or I knew what they thought. Uh, but but it's a different place, different time, different world. And they're not uh, – um, I, I think their priorities – I think a lot of people's priorities have changed. Not, and not not just in that company, I think, in in all the companies, you know, you got uh, the the priority used to be go out, tell a hell of a story, be safe. Things things have changed, and I I don't know if it's necessarily for the better. 
the thing is, did they learn or, excuse me, not learn anything from the whole Matt Hardy situation? Remember when he got knocked out and they kept with the match going? And, like, did they not learn anything from that whole well, situation? Well, well, obviously not. And, and that's the whole thing. You, you know, I think there is a certain standard that everybody wants to live up to and, and, and believe that they are uh, tough and, and, and can't get hurt and nothing's going to happen to me. And, um, you know, I, I, I totally do understand that mindset, but, but I understood the mindset in 1980, you know, in the 1980s period, you know, that whole decade was, was a whole separate mindset than it is in 2020. That's for damn sure. Um, but nowadays, you know, is there still that, uh, uh code of toughness is there still that that uh you know the show goes on at all costs well i i think yes and no at the same time when you have uh five other guys in there you or or yeah five other guys in there you you can you can you have to understand that there's a lot of bodies flying around and a lot of things happening at once. And you can't just go at it carelessly and recklessly. And and that's what a lot of guys are doing today. They don't understand taking their time. They don't have a veteran telling them to slow down or, or yanking them down or, or uh, telling them when to go, when to kick out. When, when, they don't have that. They're, they're kind of flying on their own. And so when they hurt somebody, they don't know how bad he is, and and the guy who's hurt doesn't know how bad he is. So, honest to goodness, uh, it's it ain't yesterday no more. Let me put it that way. And there's a lot of things that uh, I think should be brought back that'll never be brought back. No doubt about it. Uh, But but that that's where we find ourselves in this day in this age and uh i i would be very surprised it it ain't coming back in the next uh, decade i don't think that's going to happen and uh, we, we this this whole uh year has shown us that you know we're going to be in this predicament for a while and i i as much as we hope it's not uh, I think the realization is th- things have changed everywhere. And and what would make anybody interested in watching wrestling these days? You know, I, I really haven't um, followed as, close, as closely as I should uh, the Raw and SmackDown brands or even some of the guys or gals who are on there. I'll read the Internet lineups or, or critiques and and results. But there's nothing that really um, turns my head to say, "Wow, this is this is pop culture happening all over again." You know, when you had the Undertaker, Austin Rock, uh, Lita, whoever else was doing Trish Stratus uh, on the cover of TV Guide or magazines, and uh, you know, <sighs> the the talk of of the water cooler, you know, it, it's not necessarily that way anymore. And if it is, they're, they're talking about it like, huh, what was that? And, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, honest to goodness, I can say I don't know a 100,000 more times and it still wouldn't change things. And I still, I've talked to various people who uh, who love Orange Cassidy, who who think he's the greatest thing in the world. I actually had two people tell me that uh, a couple weeks ago who thought he was, yeah, yeah, thought he was great, thought he was great, thought Jericho got a hell of a match out of him, and I didn't see the match. But I thought, oh, my God, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel it. But once again, you know, my my taste isn't theirs. And and as you can tell, the country is just, uh, (laughs) the country is in in a lot of, confusion about a lot of things these days, not just politics and the NFL, but professional wrestling, too. Uh, I don't know about Orange Cassidy uh, being uh, 
that great or Jericho and him having a good match. Uh, and we'll just say it was uh, okay, I guess. All three of their matches, I guess, were just okay. But um, it's just interesting that, you know, they're saying it, that that segment with MJF and Jericho, kind of going back to that, all about the ratings. So look at the rating. They're touting it. It was about, I guess, it peaked at around 800,000 viewers. Well, 800,000 viewers is their average, so it didn't help or hurt. Either way, it was just it was just kind of there, and I feel like AEW is just kind of there. They're only playing really to their audience, like their audience. I was reading online; they all loved the Jericho MJF thing, um, and not to say that's not good for them. That I means that that's great that they enjoyed it, but it's like they're only playing for that audience. They're not trying to grow the audience. That's kind of disconcerting. Right, right. It it is disconcerting, but but the thing is too, um, we we can. Man, I, I I would consider myself a student of the game and, and a traditional guy, old school guy, no doubt about it. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, uh, when I was a kid, too, I didn't – I liked the music I liked, but I liked the music I liked uh, even when I'm an adult. You know, I mean, I'm still classic rock. I still – and I like the obscure now and then. But um, AEW – is playing for the niche audience. And they're, I don't think they are trying to grow. Well, no, I do think they are trying to grow. It's just they – how long are they, have they been in business now? Eight. Really, really, 2019 was kind of their start. They did pay-per-views and, and you know, uh, and other shows and different kind of things like that. But really, October of 19 is when Dynamite started, when the TV show started. Right. So shortly after that, then we got the the close downs and all the uh, uh, we, what we're dealing with now. So really, um, they, they've they've done what they could do to to stay afloat. And WWE the same way. They're they're dealing with this thing uh, and staying true to the contracts they have to fulfill for TV or whatever the circumstances are. I'm not I'm not privy to all that stuff either. I'm just I'm just surmising that they were they had to have a certain amount of live programming to to fulfill these contracts. And nobody knew this this situation we're in now was going to happen. But so here's here's what happens when you're forced to uh create and survive in a in a situation like this. You know, virtual uh crowds, you know, TV screens <laughs> in seats in in an, in an arena that isn't the same as screaming fans. It, the the aura, the atmosphere, everything has changed. The dynamics have changed. And uh I I will I will at least give these guys credit that they're not just saying, woe is me, what do we do? They're saying, hmm, let's buckle down and figure out what is the best options, what are the best ideas we have. And this seems to be the best they have. I mean, again, I don't want to go on a tangent, but but I I, I, I don't remember who, who it was, I read an article one time where the guy said, I brought this, Henry Kissinger asked me for a, uh, for a plan on a certain subject. And he said, uh, he, he worked all three weeks on it and put it in a folder and gave it to him. And he sent a note back saying, is this the best you can do? And he thought, well, hell, okay. And he took the folder back and, or, or he reworked the folder, reworked the, the plan and sent it back to him again two weeks later and Kissinger sent him another letter saying, are you sure this is the best you can do? And he went, damn it. <laughs> well, well, I don't know what else he wants from me. So he reworked it one more time and uh, he sent the note back. He says, Mr. Kissinger, this is the absolute best I have. He says, great. Now I'll open it and read it. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> just a simple answer is if this is the best you can do. Yeah. All right, let's read it and see and see if we can come up with something better. But, you know, um, I don't know what I would have done for the show. I don't – it certainly would have been – wouldn't. well, I know what I wouldn't have done. It wouldn't have been a musical number. But for those guys to come up with it, had balls to do it, and they knew they were going to get slammed for it, and certain segments of our society wasn't going to like it. 
and uh, they 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 rolled the dice. And will it ruin their legacy? Hell, I think time changes everything. I think I think with time, people will say the people are going to say whatever they want to say, no matter what. But I don't think it's going to necessarily uh, completely destroy. Chris Jericho's body of work he's done up until now? No, no, no. I think it'll just say that Chris was one of those guys that that, uh, uh, knew it was time and and stepped out of his spaceship, you know, in mid-flight and uh, put on his his astronaut suit and did a a spacewalk, and that was what came of it. I mean – you know, during my spacewalk, I thought of a, a musical number, MGF, and I could do. Wow. How high were you, Chris? Well, about 14 miles in, in the stratosphere, and, and we were on our way to Mars, and we got detoured. You know, that's the best story you can come up with, and it's a lot more interesting than, well, we sat around and came up with it. So, I mean, uh, to me, I'll give them creative marks for at least – Having an idea so outrageous, so uh, off the beaten path, that that people will come up with scenarios uh, about how he has destroyed his credibility, how he's destroyed the business, and how you know all this crap. And and I just don't, I don't, I don't necessarily see it like that. It wasn't like you said, like you said, it wasn't. <sighs> I didn't love it, didn't hate it, but it sure as hell could have been worse. The thing is with Jericho and MJF, kind of like they're two big heels, almost like the two only heels that they really have that are actually like book strong. I feel like the booking has been very, very weak as far as the heels are concerned. Moxley has been booked well as a face, and obviously Cody Rhodes is probably the most well-booked person as a face. But if you're so weak on heels, this is an obvious thing. It's like, these two guys are obviously going to feud. It's obviously building into something here with these guys going to feud. It, it, to me, it's almost like, oh, man, it's almost counterproductive that you're going to take one of your strong heels and, and turn them face here, and you're really not going to have any heels. Just one of my – kind of maybe a stupid thought, but just one of my thoughts was like, man, I don't know if they have long-term booking for this one. No, I, I don't I don't think – I really don't think they have long-term booking for anybody, and I don't know if there there's such thing – uh, as a heel or a babyface, uh, with the exception of Brock Lesnar these days, and uh, possibly even Roman Reigns. But I haven't seen enough of Roman as a heel with Paul Heyman, and Paul's another natural heel. Paul's another authentic guy. Um, you know, Chris is authentic in the sense that he is a front man for Fozzie. Uh, he, he is the... Uh, he he is the master of of getting his lines over. He he does know how to perform, um, but as far as real heels anymore, uh, what is a real heel? Are there, are there any any such things in in wrestling, uh, in professional wrestling? I mean, MMA has been doing it for years, where they try to get guys. Um, to trash talk, and the guys who know how to trash talk get it. The guys who know they're selling a fight get it, um, and the guys who don't break character get it. But um, with with the whole uh, AEW thing, I I don't I don't think people are watching for good guy bad guy anymore. I really don't. I think they they are looking for. Uh, the cool video game guy or girl or or moment or whatever it may be. And once again, growing up, I we, we weren't into the video game stuff. You know, Abdullah the Butcher and the Sheik uh, or Abdullah the Butcher versus uh, Jose Lothario or, or Briscoe versus Funk, unheard of today. They, they wouldn't, nobody would, would get it. No, nobody would under, understand it. Um, so do you, do you remember, by the way, the movie, uh, the wrestler by, that Vern Gagne was in, that Vern Gagne produced years ago? I probably haven't seen it in God knows how long, but I do remember it. Yeah. You, you, okay. Okay. So then when, when Mickey Rourke came out with the wrestler, um, 
Of course, we wanted to see it. Well, when it came out, uh, me and a couple, I think there was four other guys, maybe six uh, other guys, doing mocap in Los Angeles at the time. And it had just come out. It had been out maybe a week. And uh, we had a couple hours to kill before uh, uh, going back to the, I think, yeah, before our flight. Or it might have been going back to the hotel. Hell, I don't know. And we went and we, we sat in the movie to see see the wrestler. The first 10 minutes of the movie, four people got up and walked out. You know, because it really, <laughs> it was so, it was so depressingly true to life for me, looking at it going, my God, that's, that's what I don't want to wind up being. It was in that VFW hall or the guy sitting around sleeping, signing autographs and stuff. It was, it was like, that's almost every independent I've been to. And it's, and it was just so depressing and people got up because they didn't get it. You know, Mickey's making a blade and they're showing gig and all this stuff. And I thought, yeah, nobody's really into that. But you give them the ha-ha stuff like AEW, and, you know, they can laugh at it and look at them and say, oh, look at the circus and look at the clowns. And that's okay if that's what they want to do. But for Christ's sake, then that's what they equate everything in professional wrestling as. And that's kind of what wrinkles everybody and rankles everybody, I think, that that respects and loves the business that we grew up in. The business that I loved and grew up in hasn't existed for years. And I have a hard time at times dealing and reconciling with um, my feelings when it comes to kids. And when I say kids, I mean in their 20s and some even in their 30s who don't appreciate the... um, the effort and the hard work that it really does take to make this look uh, like a shoot but work, to make it look authentic, and to and to approach it uh, with the attitude of authenticity and realism, even though it's a work. And I'm not saying you have to you have to go out and and uh, beat the living crap out of each other like MMA, but you can go out and once again, um, when you had guys who could work and, and be a master at what they do, it was incredible. And to me, the only the real authentic guy these days would be like Brock Lesnar or Kurt Angle or even a Stone Cold Steve Austin. And The Rock was authentic. The Rock is still authentic. Uh, but you don't have those guys anymore because everybody who grew up on that well, once they grow up on it, they're going to bastardize it and make it, uh, you know, 15 super kicks and make it ha-ha. And, and everybody can do it. There's no commission saying they can't. Um, that's, that's the other thing. The, the problem is too many people, in fact, everybody can just get in, have somebody train them and, and be wrestlers and do the play wrestle thing. And, you know, I I don't begrudge anyone who wants to do this, but if you want to do it, and I've had people again tell me, "Boy, this is all I want to do. This is it, man. I'll do anything, whatever it takes, anything, 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 man." Well, okay, we're going to train four hours a night, and sometimes it's going to be cold as hell, sometimes it'll be hot as hell, and uh, the bumps are going to hurt. So you need to learn how to bump properly. So that means sometimes you're going to bump, I don't know, 40, 60 times a night on your back. That's a lot. That's a lot. You won't bump that many times in a a match, but you need to get those reps in so you learn how to, so you don't hurt yourself when you bump those maybe five, ten times in a match, whatever it may be, whether it's a, a back bump, a front bump, a side bump, whatever it may be. But a lot of people don't get past the first three weeks of bumping because it hurts. And a lot of people don't want to hit the ropes the proper way because they can't get past the first three weeks of hitting it with their side, putting their right arm over the top rope because it hurts. Yes, it does hurt. It ain't ballet, and this isn't for everyone. So, you know, just because you want to do it doesn't mean you should do it. And 
that that's why I was never a big guy. But man, when you have a guy who is 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 uh, barely five feet tall, or or five one or five two, and doing things to a guy like Lance Archer, and Lance is selling for him like he's the same size and not putting any credibility into it. It loses everything anybody ever worked for. So, you know, you, I could get mad at it. I could cuss them. I could spit. I could scream. I could yell. But it's not going to change it. It's not going to change it until I get my own company and have them work the way I want to work. Nothing's going to change. And um, or or the the public speaks out and says, man, we don't want to see this. But obviously, uh, and here I go, but you have your millennial entitled kids and, and people out there today who who don't know how to say please, thank you, may I, <laughs> or excuse me. And that's true, man. I've run into some, some really rude, just disrespectful imbeciles. And um, then I get really rude, and I get really disrespectful, and they're not sure how to take me because I spit and I fume and I will scream and yell uh, because I hate being disrespected, and I hate people who are disrespectful. But that seems to be the case today, and that seems to be the, the, the theme for a lot of people. And, you know, that's what the Speaking Out movement, when that came out, um, my God, man. And I saw some of the videos that some of these guys made, and I thought, how stupid do you really have to be? How how ridiculously arrogant, pompous, and egotistical do you have to be to to send these videos on your phone to to your to your so so called girlfriends? Um, and not think they're going to keep them, and not think it's going to come back to bite you in the ass one day. Well, obviously they didn't think it was going to be bite them in the ass because they were so over quotation marks that that these girls wouldn't do anything. They 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 loved them so much, or they cared about them so much that they were just so lucky to be in their presence. And then all of a sudden, come to find out, when you're being self righteous. Uh, going on these talk shows and talking about unionization and talking about all the equal rights and talking about all this crap, you know, you, you're going to be found out. And uh, I think it's it's happening not only behind the scenes, but now it's coming to the forefront. And everybody's seen um, the true personalities. They they take it as a clown show. They take it as uh, ha-ha. And... Um, once again, if it draws, it draws. You can't you can't argue with success. But if it doesn't, then it doesn't, and you can't argue with failure either, because uh, you know Paul Bosch. Once again, let me go back to this real quick. Paul would say, people talk all the time about wanting to see great wrestling, scientific wrestling. Well, then he said, uh, I would put two scientific great wrestlers in the main event, and nobody would show up. So then he would put the Texas death matches or a match where the loser would have to, if if the great Mephisto lost, he would have to burn his boot in the middle of the ring in a barbecue pit. Get a sellout crowd for stuff like that. But even when they did those hokey gimmicks, the guys would go in the ring and put forth an effort. And the guys also looked the part. That's another key, key element. They looked the part. They look like monsters. They look like wrestlers. They look like athletes. Not all of them. Please. I, I, I keep saying that because somebody will send me a meme or send me something and uh, showing me some fat, out-of-shape, hokey-ass angle wrestler. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the overall ambiance, the overall mood, the overall uh, attitude. And the overall attitude today, uh, I think everybody takes it as a joke. And it is a joke today, to a certain extent. There are you still have some guys who, who take this serious enough, where they put forth uh, the work, the effort, and the passion, instead of just going out doing moves because somebody wants to be famous and show everybody my flippy stuff, and then I could do cool stuff, man. Well, yeah, we need cool stuff in wrestling. That's that's what got us all into it. Was the cool stuff. And my cool stuff and your cool stuff is completely different. No doubt about it. But um, 
but it was a different group of guys and gals. It was a different, uh, uh, it was a different landscape and it was a different desert that we trekked in, man. So, uh, these guys now, they don't even want to touch sand. They just, they, they think everything's supposed to be so smooth and easy and great. And all I got to do is some, some really cool stuff and come off the ropes and I'll knock you out. And that's your problem, not mine. But no, it's, it's everybody's problem because nobody wants to, uh, work with, well, I say this, nobody wanted to work with anybody unsafe back when I was working. And, uh, I don't know, John, we could, we could, I could, anyway, I could go on and on, but just bitching and moaning about it's not going to change anything, but it'll certainly, uh, you know, they're still going to do it and they're, they'll just, uh, do what they want, no matter what anybody says, um, because they think they're right. And and then they've got a TV show to prove it, I guess. But this is why, if you ever wanted to know what it takes to be, you know, a WWE superstar, get a developmental contract, become a bigger, you know, star than possibly you could ever imagine, or just want some ideas on how to train to be a professional wrestler, you'll find it inside your book, a pro wrestling curriculum, advice, suggestions, and stories to help the aspiring pro get to the next level. Dr. Tom, think about all the advice you have, but where can the people get the book? They can get my book at Amazon.com. Just type in Dr. Tom's book or send me $25 uh, to PayPal. And my PayPal is uh, at Dr. Tom Perch or Dr. Tom Pritchard at AOL.com. Uh, and I will sign, send you a signed autographed copy. And you know what, man? Once again, you have your way. I have my way. The right way, the only way does not exist. And if they're doing, if they're doing business with it, then great. It, it, the, the key is, I think, to do it long-term and sustain it. As far as Pro Wrestling Tees, you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com and go hit up the JPWA store or go to the Dr. Tom store. Also, you can hit up JPWA on Patreon as well and become a patron to support the JPWA. If you want to learn more about the JPWA, check out the website, JPWrestlingAcademy.com. You can also follow Dr. Tom on Twitter at Dr. Tom Pritchard. You can follow me at Two Man Power Trip. Dr. Tom, got any personal appearances you got coming up? Early in December, I am going to AML and uh, looking forward to that very, very uh, uh, exciting trip coming up. December 4th, 5th, and 6th, you will be in. Uh, the beautiful state of North Carolina. So that'll be uh, fun. And if you really are an aspiring pro, go to that seminar. It's huge. C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, PQ, Preston Quinn, AML does it right. Uh, that is for sure. Yes, looking forward to it. Looking forward to spending time with all those guys down there, man. And uh, and, and Winston-Salem is, is, a, is a very cool little town. I, I've been there uh, quite a few times, and I've always enjoyed myself like to thank everybody for joining us this week and we'll see you right back here next week on taking to school with dr tom pritchard see you next week folks thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling what the world is downloading